Fueled by the Outdoors, your source for hunting, fishing, archery, and all things outdoors. Brought to you by the Elite Outdoors. Welcome to Fueled by the Outdoors. We're your hosts, Rick Cates and Chris Leppert. What's up, guys? And this is episode 17. Um, it is now uh, the first full week of August, correct? Yeah. Which means Insane. Uh, I believe that we are now officially less than a month away from deer season, art, archery deer season in Kentucky. We are less than a month away from you going to Nebraska, correct? We are down to three weeks. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> it three is, weeks. It is getting close. And uh, uh, for those heading out west for elk timber as well, um, it's, it's whoop, whoop. Uh, coming up soon, uh, very soon. And uh, it, it's, it's getting ready to be prime time, and I, I couldn't be more excited about it. Oh, God, me too, dude. I'm, I'm pumped. Got the new... <laughs> got the new tacticam reveals up and i'm getting i'm literally getting exploded as My we freaking <laughs> as we speak it's uh <laughs> it's just lighting me up well it's not going to show me now there we go you can see right at the top there all the nice freaking, yeah there we go bzz, 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 just your phone yeah. continually going off over and over and over it's a good thing you don't you don't have any uh, issues with flashing lights or anything like that. Dude, <laughs> we do not <laughs> recommend that epileptic people get trail cams hooked <laughs> to their cell phones. Man, it, that, you know, I, I would love to have one, but I know me. And, like, if it kept going off next to my head all night, I, I'd be up staring at it at 1 and 2 o'clock in the morning. I just I can't. I can't I've had to train before. myself to put the damn thing down. So you used to watch How I Met Your Mother. Yeah. So the episode where Barney uh, puts the number on TV to call and it's a burner phone. Yep. And girls are just calling him one after the other and he keeps leaving one girl to go to the next. (laughs) That's like me with these freaking deer. I'm just like, oh my God, look (laughs) at these deer. They're here now and now and now. What's the weather doing? What's the wind doing? It's pretty crazy. So, but it's pretty good camera, man. Good Especially deal for the for the price point, hundred bucks. Yeah, if you if you can find one right now, right? <clears throat> That's very tricky. Um, I lucked up and got the last two Verizon models. Okay. At Bass Pro Shops, um, and I just talked to Scott Davis up at Cabela's, mm-hmm. and uh, I think we're going to try to do a giveaway for some if we can nice. set that up. So, um, which if that you would hear be that, listeners. Yeah. <laughs> That would be crazy because with how much people want those, yeah, I mean, that would be a very successful giveaway. I feel like it would be too. So, speaking of successes, how about this segue? <laughs> right, my, my my guarantee came through. I get, I got us nine nine hundred million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I didn't. Uh, my representative didn't, and neither did my senator. One of them did, but uh, um. For those of you who've been listening for the past, what, month and a half, two months since I've been talking about this? Um, yeah. Great American Outdoors Act finally signed into law uh, Monday, Monday or Tuesday, one of the two. And uh, $900 million, guys, goes to nothing but 
funding the land and, con- land and uh, water conservation fund. Uh, it's going to go to take care of backlogs at national parks. It's going to go to help be, uh, the Bureau of Land Management. A lot of different stuff. This is a really, really wonderful thing for um, America in general, outdoors people. And uh, if you are a sportsman, you should be tickled pink about this. Oh, yeah. I, I do want to uh, clarify something, though, that I've seen floating around. And I don't, uh, I don't know if it's people don't grasp it or if it's just like, oh, how do I want to say it in a very nice way? Um, people are ignorant to facts. I think that's probably oh, a good way sure. of saying it. Um, this money does not mean the federal government is mandated to go buy public land and steal land from people just so people are aware. <laughs> so, for those Jeez, you, so <laughs> for those of you out there who have seen that on Facebook or social media or from, I don't know, Senator Mike Lee in Utah, um, it's not, it does not mean that the federal government is, go- is mandated to come and pay you money and take away your land. So it's going to be a really good thing overall for everybody moving forward with this. The biggest thing that we can uh, take out of this situation is, again, like I said last week, bipartisanship is huge. But there's a couple other big laws coming down the pipeline that I would really encourage you to contact your state senator or representative to allow for them to get the ball rolling on it. If nothing else, if you want um, go to backcountry backcountry hunters and anglers, go to meat eater. Um, There's a lot of sites that have it. Uh, There is a a form that you can fill out. That is basically a thank you to the senators and uh, representatives who voted for this. And for the ones who didn't, uh, be like me, write a strongly worded letter for um, your congressperson and uh, let them know how you feel about them not voting for uh, something that's going to benefit literally every Mer- American. You, you, could, you could literally say, like, you voted against baseball fields for children because part of the money is going <laughs> to go for baseball fields for children wow. and deer hunting. So, like, yeah. it, it, it's as American as apple pie and Chevrolet, apparently. Chevrolet. <laughs> Neither one of us own a Chevrolet. <laughs> getting getting brand brand specific here. Um, Wasn't there a song like that? Apple Pie, Chevrolet. Hell, I, I don't know. Probably, I don't remember. Probably the best. Well, this has nothing to do with America. You ever see the God Made a Farmer no. commercial? Oh wait, yeah, yeah. The Dodge. I was Ram gonna say, bro. Yeah. Oh, dude, that was a oh, great commercial. I got all like watery eyed. I'm like. This is awesome. I'm going to be a farmer. Just kidding. <laughs> Just I'll in my tear backyard. Down all the though. fence rows. Oh, um, man. So, well, farming out by us, that's what they do. Well, well right. Yeah. Um, they don't have to do that out west because it's all gone. <laughs> they did that in the 20s. Exactly. Um, so, tell me a little bit about your recent trip to Cumberland, man. You went down there, got on some fish. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I had this trip planned for probably like a month and a half, two months. It was going to be, it was supposed to be like around my birthday. And uh, it was some buddies from college and I had decided they, we'd, we'd been talking like, I, you know, you and 
you and me talk about this. We go on fishing trips or hunting trips frequently, whether, you know, you're on one with me or, um, we, you know, go separately. So we went to uh, the Cumberland river and, uh, so we've been trying to do this for a year and a half now. They're like, we want to go fishing. We want to go fishing. I'm like, okay, well, let's go fishing. So I set the campsite. I was going no matter what. It, it didn't matter to me who went, what was doing. I, I was going, I was packing my stuff and uh, I was going to fish. So I took off early Friday, like around eight, got down there, lucked into the fact that my site didn't have anybody on it, got to set up camp, um, set my tent up, set my, you know, camp kitchen up, set up the, you know, tent house and so i went i went and hit the water and um it was really hot like that's the only way to say it like it was hot it was rainy at times it was muggy and nasty so i went and beat water uh at a spot down there for probably an hour and a half missed a couple fish didn't have any luck um then i decided well i'll go try i'll go try fly fishing so got my fly rod, went to this, uh, this stream. Uh, if, if you go to Cumberland, the down below the dam, Wolf Creek uh, National Fish Hatchery has a, uh, you know, a kill area where you can catch five rainbow trout and uh, take them with you. But there's a mile long winding, you know, what I guess you would call like a mountain stream that they've constructed that goes straight down into the river. So I went, I went there, beat water with a nymph for, 40 minutes in the driving rain and then went back to camp. My butt, one of my buddies finally showed up. So we start getting things ready. And then, uh, my other two buddies, uh, finally show up. And at this point, uh, you know how it's in the central time zone, right? Mm -hmm. So I had my watch on and it had not kicked over to central time. So, like I'm frantic. I'm trying to get like dinner started. Cause I told them I'd like, we would do dinner at like six and they're like looking at me like, what are you doing? And I, to, to be clear on what I was cooking on, I was cooking on an old Coleman camp stove. So if you've ever used one of those before, it was one of the ones where you got to put the Coleman gas in it. And you got to pump the living shit out of it to mm -hmm. get, uh, to light. Well, for some reason it wasn't lighting. So finally got it to light, almost took my eyebrows off. Um, then get, uh, we were doing a shrimp boil and then finally I realized, oh, it's only like four o'clock down here. So we ended up, eat <laughs> nice. we ended up eat eating dinner like super early and then <laughs> heading down to the river and, uh, we do dollar for big fish, first fish, that kind of stuff. Um, first fish was a bluegill, um, I've never seen anybody catch a bluegill out of the Cumberland River up by the dam. Now, do we technically, because we have very strict rules on this, it has to be a game fish. Is a bluegill considered a game fish? So for the purposes of this trip, I let it slide. <laughs> um, it was a mistake. <laughs> right. Um, so then um, my buddy Adam tosses another one back out there catches another bluegill, right? Right. Two in a row. I've never seen this like in this area ever catch a bluegill. All, all I've ever seen, there's trout, walleye, stripers, some bass, skipjack, um, skipjack, which, so that's, that's the next thing. Um, I'm throwing a spoon 
and I hook into something right now. I was throwing a jerk bait and I hook into something. I thought I had a walleye cause it was like running straight towards the shore at me. I'm like, Oh, this thing's not even fighting. Like I got a walleye. I'm going to have freezer meat. So I go and I pull it out skipjack and they're like, Oh, well that's big fish. I'm like, no, it's not. They're like, but it's bigger than his. I'm like, you don't understand. This is bait. Like we'll cut this right. up and we could use it to catch a bigger fish. So I proceeded to catch four skipjack right in a row. I lost to a bluegill. Oh my God. Yeah. So I lost to a bluegill. So we went back to camp. I was looking at my wounds. So we're like, Oh, we're going to get the fire started. So we get the fire started and uh, it's drizzling, but our campfire was nice because it was right underneath a tree. So there wasn't an issue with us getting too wet or anything along those lines. So we're splitting wood, having a good old time, having drinks. So one drink turns into two drinks, two drinks turns into three drinks. And you know how drinks are down there. Um, They're amazing. Oh yeah. Like three (laughs) to four fingers of bourbon in a cup and then, you know, (laughs) pour till the Coke fizzes. Um, So they, uh, they were drinking. I mean, we finished a bottle old granddad pretty quickly. I think between the four of us. And so it's 11 o'clock. I'm like, I'm getting up at five to go fish. Like I'm, I'm going to bed boys. So I go, I hop in my tent. We're, oh, we're going to stay around the fire for a little bit longer. It's not you know, like we'll, we'll be up. <laughs> my alarm goes off at 5 a.m. They're laughing and carrying on. Oh, I'm like, I'm like, what is going on? And I had woken up earlier in the night and I thought I heard like Willie Nelson playing at like 3 a.m., 2 or 3 a.m. I'm like, that's weird. So I go back into my tent, or I, 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 get, I get my clothes on, I go outside. They were still around the fire drinking until 5 a.m. Wow. So they're like, we're going to go to the dam and watch the sun come up. I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to go fish. So I go start getting my stuff ready, and then like the, uh, the, the alcohol hit their eyelids, and like, we're going to go to sleep. So I get up, went to the river, caught a real nice walleye and um, a couple trout. I actually, uh, the, the picture for uh, the podcast last week that I posted was me standing in the middle of the Cumberland River when they were only running it at 20 CFS. So I actually walked across the river from the boat ramp all the way across the river, just fishing it. Um, and it was, it was cool. I've never, I've never done that before. It was awesome. So. I go catch trout, catch walleye, go back to camp. They're still asleep. Go back out, uh, make breakfast, get them up. We go down to the dam, and at this point, it's pushing 90 degrees. And so, like, they're baking in the sun while I'm sitting there fishing the entire time. (laughs) And then, like, they're like, we need to go back to camp. (laughs) So we go back to camp. They all fall asleep, uh, except with the exception of one dude. We go back out and fish, catch some more trout. I, uh, I caught my first trout on a fly rod, which I've never done, which was a, a pretty cool experience. I went and fished, nice. the, went and fished the stream and uh, just continued to fish throughout the day, uh, like in spurts of about an hour and a half and never didn't catch fish. So we went out in the evening, and this is the part that was the killer. We went out in the evening, and the two guys ended up leaving early, and me and my buddy Aaron stayed. Weird you know, catching tons of skipjack and all of a sudden you just see him freaking water spraying everywhere. And there's just stripers blowing these skipjack out of the water. 
And unfortunately, um, I wasn't able to cast to them. So <laughs> it, it, it was one of those things where it's kind of like if you had a boat, you'd be fine. But probably if I had a boat, they'd be busting in too close to shore to where I could even cast to them or something stupid like that. So the next morning, though, went out, caught my personal best uh, rainbow trout, packed up camp, and then drove home. So the moral of the story on, on these trips are is uh, if you go fishing with your buddies who say they want to go fishing, make sure they want to go fishing because if you're, if, if you like fishing and they like drinking, uh, it's going to make for a different type of trip. But I mean, it was good. You know, I got, I got out of the house. I got to go to, uh, one of my favorite I wanna, places. I want to call shenanigans actually. Uh, How so? I can remember many a time when <laughs> many a time <laughs> when me, you, your father and brother were wasted. <laughs> and we got up at the 5 a.m. to go fishing. I know. Now, it didn't take us that long to get wasted. We didn't have to <laughs> wait till 5 a.m. But right. still, we, uh, man, we got kicked out of the camper one night and got up the next morning. Fishing. Yeah. I mean, come on. We, <laughs> go fishing. But I, I think a lot of people just stuff like that. It's, uh, you know, in heavy quotes, guy time. Yeah. And while we enjoy our guy time, yeah. We're serious about catching stuff and killing well, it. And, and that, that that's kind of like I prefaced the trip that way the entire time was uh guys, you know, I'm more than happy to put this trip together, but uh I'm fishing. And I just I just said that right. way. I'm going to fish. And you know, uh you're absolutely right. Uh you you find you strike a good balance and you figure out where you uh, go to catch a buzz and catch a fish at the same time. So, I mean, our, our, our trips are, uh, man, that one, one where you and Will got kicked out of the camper. That was <laughs> <laughs> Margie kicked us out of the camper after we drank the whole, what we have. We had a whole bottle of Gato Negro. Yeah. We drank, I think I brought a bottle of wine. Mm-hmm. We had beer and I'm yep. pretty sure. Sh- oh, dude. That's after Yahtzee, night- wasn't it? Well, during and after, but uh, that was the, what did you have? You had like wild, wild turkey. turkey. I had rare breed. Rare breed. That's what yeah, it was. I had the rare breed like, wild turkey. Hey, take a swig of this. And I didn't, <laughs> I didn't like shoot it. I took a couple big gulps and this was after we were kind of a little drunk. Mm. And that was me stepping up to the edge of the cliff and, and then jumping leaping off. the freak off. <laughs> uh, so that's when Margie. Said, Not it's so time polite. to end the night. Said, Get the fuck out of my camper. <laughs> <laughs> well, that and the amount of uh, farts that were coming out <laughs> of people. Right. Help either. So, but, uh, you know, I, I feel like that after this trip, it officially is, at least for me, my transition into full bore um, hunting season for the year. You know, I'll take my, I'll, I'll take my, you know, Cabo trip fingers crossed and I'll take my Cumberland trip in the fall. But other than that, my brain has switched over to, uh, chasing little white tails through the woods and, yeah. uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and, and allowing myself to finally, you know, just start hitting it full bore. So we talked last week about summer scouting and I just went today got my written permission from the landowner from where I hunt and 
<clears throat> he's already got all his hay, his hay bailed and that kind of stuff. So I'm really, really hoping he's letting the field where he's already bailed grow up more. And he's not planning on doing a second cut because it is going to be prime deer highway for me, like in wow. and out of this, in and out of this pinch point where I hunt every year if, if, if he lets it go. So, I mean, with that being said, what are the things that you're doing right now, like coming up this weekend? I'll get to mine in a bit, but it's been a pretty Rick heavy episode so far. I don't mind being a part of the Rick show every now and then. (laughs) I never shut up. So it's your turn. (laughs) Um, So first and foremost, I may have mentioned this on other podcasts before, but so this time of year, and when I say this time of year, a month ago, um, probably anywhere from two to five nights a week my family and I will go get ice cream, some form of dessert, shakes, malts, whatever, Mm -hmm. and drive around and look for deer. Nice. Uh, Most of the time it's properties that I hunt, but Mm -hmm. for people like me that are stupid over these things, (laughs) I just like looking at big deer. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I ain't going to steal anybody's deer, but I look at them. So uh, we actually had a pretty interesting slight confrontation the other day oh Uh, yeah i forgot about that and i were we literally just stopped on a road that has 10 cars a day go down it right and um we're just glassing these deer in a bean field that butts up to some public Mm -hmm. and i seen one that was he had my he had my attention Uh uh for sure and we looked you know we were hanging out literally you know again we probably sat there for five minutes or so, never saw a car. We see these people coming out of their house and they're like tripping balls. And I'm like, great, here we go. You know, so we go on past the house and get a little better look at the deer. And then, mm-hmm. um, as we start to leave a car comes around. So I just pulled over off the road. Cause it's literally a one lane road. You're not yeah. passing people. Uh, two cars aren't going down at the same time. So I probably shouldn't have mentioned that. Um, so, <laughs> but, uh, anywho, um, while I'm waiting for the car to go by, of course I pull my binos up and just look at the deer some more and yeah. car goes by and I pull away and up races this truck, dude. And I mean, he's like inside of me and so I'm like, well, you know, either he's pissed or in a hurry. Mm-hmm. Regardless, I'm going to pull over and let him either pass me or, you know, say what he's got to say. Right. I, I get it. I mean, I'm sure when you have fear and when I, hmm, I shouldn't say anymore because people know where it is. <laughs> um, I could see poaching being a problem there. I'll say yeah. that. But it clearly isn't because we had a truck stopped and none of the deer reacted in a negative way. And you can always tell, like, you stop a truck and the turkeys take off running. Yeah. Clearly that's happened. Somebody (laughs) took a pop shot. They did a desk pop from the truck. So um, we we go to let him go around and he pulls up and kind of yells at me and everything. And I'm like, all right, you know, thanks. Have a good night. And he, he goes on by and we get a hundred yards down the road and uh-huh. here he comes racing back the around second the time? yeah he well coming back to us oh. and uh, he revved his engine as he went by us and i'm like okay like 
do you want me to come sit in your driveway and look at the deer or like what? I mean, if you want to play games. So, but anywho, uh, we drive around and literally just look at deer and really that's the best thing you can do because you're not affecting anything. You're not putting your scent in there. You're not letting them see you as a threat or anything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And so you're just leaving nature as it is. And that's, that is the number one way to scout any animal, especially an animal with a nose. Absolutely. um, Especially one as powerful as a freaking, I mean, they're literally like 35% better than the strongest dog nose out there. Yeah. Sure. What are they? I I was listening to uh, a show or podcast or something the other day. They were talking about how they train cadaver dogs and they'll cut the pinky like the end of the pinky at the last line there, uh, mm-hmm. last knuckle, and they'll put it in three feet of water, I want to say. Or really? Three meters. And if the dog doesn't hit on it, it fails. Wow. So, so let that, and, and a deer is way better. So, you know, over one third better. And while, while these canines are trained very well, mm-hmm. these deer, their life depends on that nose. So they get very good. Yeah. Using it. So the more you go in there and, and mess around, uh, the more harm you're doing always. Mm-hmm. But there are situations where you can kind of get away with it more. And, uh, see the place where I'm at is kind of like that, where I can get away with it. Uh, near some subdivisions and stuff. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I hunt near a subdivision, but the farm that I hunt, um, very active farm, guys are on tractors i actually hunt and i know uh some people think this is a little odd i hunt the edge of a cow pasture but it's up a hollow so the hollow is wooded and goes up right next to the cow pasture but these deer use this as like the main super highway to get to all these little blocks of woods uh probably within a three to four square mile area and uh they're so used to smelling cows or humans or you know, anything like that, I can uh, generally walk in and not get winded. I'll, I'll go and I'll dump corn or, you know, whatever down. And 10 minutes later, there's deer in their feed. And after I've left, it, it, <laughs> I it's, like those. It, it's insane. And, you know, they come, they come from everywhere. They pour, they pour off these fields where they've, uh, they've either been bedded down at, or they're just out there grazing in the middle of the day. Uh, kind of out of sight. It's a really unique feature where one part of it's off the road, and there's just this little hill that goes down into the uh, into the bottom. And these deer hang out on the back side of it, and they never get bothered because nobody owns the land, or somebody owns the land, but nobody hunts it. And the only time anyone is ever on it, on that piece of land, is when they're baling hay. So if the if they don't cut the hay until you know they get a second growth or whatever, they'll cut it late. But I'm hoping, fingers crossed, this year they've just done the second cuts on it, and it's getting to be like mid calf right now. So I'm hoping that it's gonna they're gonna keep it high, and those deer are gonna use that more and more and more and feel protected. So I uh, I'm I'm really I'm really excited about this spot. This is a spot where I killed my buck last year. Uh, I've got some really really nice deer on there for, uh, on camera from there from the past couple of years and. I'm I'm just, you know, pumped that 
September is just around the corner to go, yeah. you know, hopefully put one in the freezer. I was, I just literally just went through, I've got two roasts and one back strap left and I've got, I think maybe 15 pounds of burger out of two huge deer <laughs> from last year. Nice. Um, so we, we are, we are approaching, uh, critical mass on the meat, on the meat thermometer in, in, nice. in my freezer. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to start butchering meat. Oh yeah. I've, I've got to get the walk-in taken care of and get everything organized and you have a ready walk-in? to go. I have a walk-in. Yeah. Nice. Probably put like, well, if you hung them, you could probably hang six deer in there. Holy cow. Yeah, it's uh it's about probably one fourth of my garage almost. Wow. Yeah, it's it's no joke, bro. I can't believe you didn't know that. No. Yeah. I wait I think I opened your garage and I looked in there one time. I thought it was just like stuff piled up. Um <laughs> where I guess I, I keep did. all the dead bodies. <laughs> <laughs> oh geez. Okay, Mr. Dahmer. Right? <laughs> So, I mean, man, that's, that's a lot of deer, but I mean, in, in, in all due respect, you're going to, I mean, fingers crossed, you're going to have a lot of meat. Fingers crossed and crossed again. And then again, yes, uh, <laughs> there is a, I think there's a solid chance that we could find success in Nebraska. We have, so Nebraska is an over the counter state. Mm-hmm. It is a crossbow friendly state. And oh. It is a two-buck state. Um, Really? Also, it is a state where when you buy your buck tag, you can kill a mule deer or a whitetail. And all in total, it costs $267, which is cheaper than Ohio or Kentucky, I believe. That's insane. Yeah. That's that's insane. I could be wrong on the Ohio part. No, it's it's cheaper than Ohio. I know when I come up there to hunt – it is a hundred and eighty-five dollars for my. I guess it's a little bit more. I pay one hundred eighty-five dollars for uh, my license, and then I think it's another seventy-eight dollars for one okay. tag. Okay. Um, but I buy okay. two tags, so it's definitely cheaper than than Ohio. I mean, Ohio at that rate, if you're getting a, you need a shot, the chance of mule deer and a and a whitetail. Yeah. Um. So the cool part is, and I'm sure I'll catch no shortage of hate, but I really don't give a shit because I like to kill things. I like to be <laughs> successful and all the people that knock it are little mm-hmm. girls who generally don't find success. But if it comes down to the wire, yeah. Watch me pull a crossbow out and shoot something. Dude, like, no, uh, <laughs> no shame in my game. I'll do yeah. it every single time. Yeah. I mean, I already go through the pressure and everything of, killing stuff with a bow Mm -hmm. as it is and compete with a bow and i mean there's there's so much stress in that stuff oh yeah i uh you know if if we don't get me wrong i'm going bow hunting but i'll bust the damn crossbow out in a new york minute if if we're getting down to the wire Mm -hmm. and i feel like that's what i need to do but uh that said um we've got that trip and then wyoming right yeah, we've got Wyoming pronghorn, um, and then uh, you know we'll be looking at Kentucky and Ohio as well. Yeah, um, 
So yeah, what uh, what trips do you got coming up? So the trips that I've got coming up are, I mean, like I said, I've got I've still got two fishing trips that I'm going to take. Uh, I'll start deer prep uh, this weekend, and we'll get a little bit more into that here in a little bit. But um, I don't actually plan on hunting opening week in Kentucky, so I will be fingers crossed like i said in mexico i've got two days guided for surf casting that uh on that trip that i'll hopefully be you know grouper fishing during that time they're supposed to be you know one of the better ones to to fish for that and hopefully again a rooster fish during that time but when i get back i will probably do a few days in kentucky i'll turn around do my fall cumberland trip hopefully at that point do fall muzzleloader uh, right before that down here, um, <clears throat> maybe to- more towards eastern Kentucky. Yeah. And then I'll do Cumberland fishing. Then I always forego the first weekend of rifle in Kentucky, and I go do bow hunting in Ohio with a trip with my dad and my uncle that I really enjoy doing. And that one, um, I'll, I will shoot dependent upon what I don't already have in the freezer. So while I am very appreciative for if a doe walks in front of me, that's one where I purposefully pay the extra money for the for a tag to get a buck because I have such a good opportunity on the property. Well, if we still get to hunt that property, but the area that we go and hunt, there's a really high propensity in that area for some really, really, really nice uh, shooter bucks, you know, 160s and up pretty regularly come into camp every year up there and I go up there from uh Thursday through Sunday and then that's really all I'm doing uh for the most part um in terms of any out of state travel we really kind of dialed it back obviously because of pandemic stuff and things along those lines. So it'll be a little bit more, uh, close to home as much as I would like to, uh, you know, go somewhere out of state, you know, pocketbook is, uh, also being, uh, one of those things I have to monitor <laughs> during oh, this sure. time well, as well. Oh my God. Let's not say those words. <laughs> I've, I've got Shh, not oh, too loud. Erica might hear you, man. I don't even know how I'm alive. Um, <laughs> Yeah, between Wyoming and Nebraska, will be a thousand dollars in, and then Woo. yeah, um, you better be filling well, that freezer. Yeah, well, I've got um, so we're doing rifle pronghorn in Wyoming, and I have two doe tags and a buck tag. Nice. So, although those things are like tiny as hell yeah so you know uh <laughs> that's not gonna really bring a whole lot of meat but if i kill all three which mm-hmm. i mean i should but yeah i mean you, you just never know i'm i'm going in with low expectations and uh you know if i kill my two does the first day like i'm mm-hmm. planning uh you'll you'll see me pretty fired up after that because <laughs> then I'll be able to just sit back and relax. And I think I'm going to film Matt first if he wants. I mean, I'll shoot yeah. one first. I don't care. Um, I just want to have fun and do a backcountry experience. And um, 
I get to take a seven millimeter Remington mag and nice, you know, if I can see it, I should be able to shoot it. Yeah. So, um, I, other than that, uh, I'm looking at, uh, obviously Ohio, Kentucky, possibly Indiana in the late season. And mm-hmm. then I'm really excited for some fall fishing, man. Like, man, you and me it's, both. It's really weird because I didn't really care that much about fishing. Mm-hmm. Fishing got me from deer season to turkey season. Right. And now I'm like, let's go fall fishing. It's it, it's an integrated part of you now. And, and that's, that's the it's funny thing. Fault. It, that, that, well, it is our fault. <laughs> it is. It, it, but it, it's so much fun because – it's just cool enough to where you can go out on the lake all day if you really, really wanted to. Yep. Even if it's a crappy rainy day, you're going to catch fish. But on top of that, even though you're trading time in the deer stand, normally it's not during weekends that you would probably go and hunt. Um, it's, I mean, given given this one is op- when we're down there, it'll be opening weekend of Ohio. But I mean, the past couple of years, uh, the first weekend in Ohio has either been you know pissing rain or it's been blistering hot. Um, so you know, fall fishing is one of those things where those fish turn on after being deep in the water oh. in the summer, and they just come up and start hammering bait. And you know, la- last year, I make no bones about it. I went down there. I went to Cumberland in the fall. I didn't catch any stripers out of the lake, but I want to say we boated 300 bass. Uh, and it, 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 was, it was absolutely insane. I mean, the first day we're down there, that's why I joke, I, I joke around about like 10 day, 10, 10 fish on that lake in two hour, two or three hours, like is, is completely unacceptable to me when I go out and in the morning I'll catch 60. Like it, it's just nuts. And they're like, none of them are going to be like, you know trophy size bass all the time but they're gonna be you know one and a half two pound fish and you're just gonna you know continually catch them because the kentucky school up off those off of ledges in the fall in, um in kentucky lakes and those suckers just swarm crankbaits and buzz baits and topwaters so like, oh man it's so freaking awesome and, there, and there's nothing there's nothing better like no. to, to me it's like I, I, and I don't get me wrong i love springtime fishing but fall fishing, if you are someone who is skeptical about it, plan a trip somewhere, even if it's just like for a weekend, plan a trip somewhere and just go. Big Reservoir Lake, uh, you know, most of our listeners are Kentucky, Indiana, Michigan, Ohio. There's plenty of lakes around you that if you're if you from do, Michigan and you don't believe in fall fishing, then you need to move <laughs> out of Michigan. Well, yeah, you should probably move out of Michigan because the smallmouth is actually areas. from there. Hell, smallmouth salmon. Oh man! Well, yeah, I didn't even think about the salmon. Freaking three foot long fish traveling yeah. down creeks. Oh man, man! See, and it's just it's just stuff like that. And you know, supposedly some of the lakes in Kentucky, you know, stripers are best in the in like November. And at that point, like that's fall fall fishing, mm-hmm. and you'll have guys out there. Just you'll see them. They'll they'll be holding these huge freaking fish. And I'll look at the timestamp on their photos or I'll look at like when they're posted and it's in the middle of the rut and there's absolutely no way I'm trading, you know, deer hunting in the rut for a huge striper, even though, you know, I would love to catch a huge striper. You know what Um, a really cool trick is? Yeah. Kill your buck in October Mm -hmm. and then you don't have to hunt the rut. That's true. 
That's which very true. The, to me, so it's really funny, and I'll say this, I don't care. So to me, and this is no offense to anybody, but while the rut is exciting, the rut is like the worst time to try <laughs> to kill a target. It's terrible. Yeah. Because they're literally everywhere. I mean, they literally leave and go miles away. And they do. How do you explain it? You know what I mean? They just yep. go to do to do or whatever. And um, I hate that. I don't like See, and that that's where I have the different viewpoint of it because I don't hunt my target bucks during the rut because I'm in Ohio every year for that on that bow trip. Uh, okay. So, yeah. so I, I I am I am purposely looking So you're for, in heaven. Yeah, I'm in heaven. I'm like yeah. watching all bucks right. chase does all over the so place. I can get that. <laughs> so like my my target bucks, um well actually my uh that deer that I shot last year was like number three on my list. And he came in Thanksgiving morning. So he, he had walked through, but I, just like you said, during the rut, that first two, you know, two weeks of November or whenever that is, um, my, those bucks, I mean, I had sporadic pictures of them. I had lots of littler ones running through, but that last weekend, that last week in October, and then that week of uh, Thanksgiving, they, they all just like magically reappeared. And that was because does had either been bred or whatever, but I still had a pretty healthy amount of does in the area that I was hunting. I think I had like six or seven does that were pretty regularly moving through that bottom where I was hunting at. So, you yeah. know, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm so ready. I'm just so ready to be in the woods and for it to be colder and it to be, you know, deer season. Yeah. So speaking um, of that, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. I just, uh, it's funny because there's two types of deer hunters, mm-hmm. the ones that live for November. Mm-hmm. And I, I think, you know, we kind of all do, but the guys who tend to be a little more serious with the target, but like the big, yeah. truly big mature whitetails, they like October and they like January. Yep. Um, and you know, for us, even February, um, yeah, it's, it's a time where you can pattern deer and, you know, rely on something other than God's good graces, which, you know, it's always God's good graces, yeah. but, uh, it's like winning the lottery, having a big deer come by you in November. Mm-hmm. It's very difficult. I've sat in all kinds of trees in November and it doesn't just happen like people, think you don't just go to ohio and the deer are falling out of the deer trees and <laughs> you, know, you just pick which 150 you want um it just doesn't work like that so uh, i'm excited for the first week of the season we've yeah. got um so that's going to be uh basically the first week before the full moon uh-huh um so we should have some pretty good activity oh good and then um you know barring uh, stupid, which that's when I kind of, I'm, I'm starting to kind of believe in the moon stuff a little bit. Um, but at the same rate, I also think that has a lot to do with how pressured an animal is. I mean, yeah, if an animal's pressured, he doesn't care what the moon's doing or what the no. pressure he's, he's going to stay bedded down until dark. So, um, yep. cause they don't like to die. That's not a very good living if you did. So, um, <laughs> but, uh, so barring, you know, uh, heat wave or something we should yeah we should see some pretty good deer which i've been seeing this is one of the better years for antler growth that i've seen in a while 
and yeah. So what do you have? What do you have on camera in terms of stuff right now? I've got one deer that probably I've got a nine pointer that push. I would call it mid forties. He might push fifty, mm-hmm. um, and that's a hill country buck. I've got a ten pointer that's probably going to push. Uh, probably he might get to the mid fifties. Uh-huh. Uh, I've got another 10 pointer that I, I haven't even tried to put a number on him, but regardless of what he is, if, so I passed this deer last year at yeah. 25 yards, uh, waiting on the deer I just spoke about. Oh, okay. Um, and I didn't ever get that deer on camera. So I, I was afraid to shoot him. I could see his right side at 25 yards, Mm -hmm. but I was just, I wasn't able to make out his left side really well. And I didn't want to shoot him and walk up to a, you know, a deer without another side or whatever. Well, I'll be damned if I didn't figure it out later. I got pictures of him and he had a main beam and one tine on the other side. So good pass. Yeah. Uh, He was a mature deer though. He was, he had a, he had a body on him and um is it like Beelzebub from last year? Yeah, bigger. Bigger. Uh, yeah, yeah, bigger. Big, big deer. Um, so uh I had actually, you know, funny story, I actually had a picture of that deer and just didn't know it at the mm. time. And I even said, dude, if that thing walked by me, he'd be tough not to shoot. And sure as shit. I was at full draw twice on him and <sighs> Never did let down, but I also had about a 24 inch wide, whatever the hell it was. Mm-hmm. I only got, I got one sequence of three pictures of him looking at the camera mm-hmm. and that's all the pictures I ever got of him all year. And I had an encounter with him and then never saw him again. Oh, so you kind of be surprised at how many deer avoid your cameras really. Oh yeah. But, um, that said, uh, I don't know if I can pass that deer this year. Um, man it sounds like it'd be pretty tough too he's big i'll bet he'd probably push probably mid 40s might push 50 but the thing is is he's got like some really good mass going all the way up into his tines okay look bladed Mm -hmm. um i have uh the world's largest three-year-old on camera right now uh i have I'm waiting on a bunch of deer to show up. I've got a spot over on the west side of Ohio that I hunt, and we had a a deer last year that would probably – he was pretty thin, mm-hmm. so I think he was a three-year-old. Um, he was spindly, but I'll bet he had like 26-inch beams, 27-inch beams, something like wow. that. Um, they almost touch each other. They almost wrap all the way around. And then he had some pretty good tines for an mm-hmm. eight. So whatever he would score, I don't care because – if he made that three to four year old jump yeah. that some of them do and he had the chance to do that's, that'll probably be my number one target book. Nice. Um, so got a few good ones on camera and still got a few spots to check out. Got some, some public to scout, got a property in Kentucky to check out and some public mm-hmm. in Kentucky to check out. So, um, and I think I'm going to go this weekend with Josh luck to uh, one of his spots and, and kind of, just sort of go over things with him and, and see what he's doing there. And hell, I wouldn't mind coming to one or two of your farms with you and just kind of checking things out and, you know, tell you what I do and listen to what you do. And, you know, all of us learn from each other and everything. Well, yeah. And I, I know that, I know that when, uh, 
when I set stand, my one stand is already set on my private. So, I mean, it's, it's a double, it's a double ladder. I mean, not a double ladder, but it's a double person stand that goes, uh, it goes up in a ladder. So that one's, you know, huge. And we kind of locked that in the tree. So I'm going to make sure that's all set this weekend, but I'm actually going to go at some point and set a stand for rifle season down here on public because I want to make sure that I like, you know, I, I haven't hunted rifle in three or four years and yeah. I'm getting, I'm getting the itch to go back out and, and do it like love, you know, archery has been great and all, but, um, I, I, you know, I love putting a, I love putting deer down with my rifle. Just, I love it. I, I think oh, it's sure. fun. And it, it's a, uh, it, it's a, it's a, it, it makes it a lot easier for me to not have to necessarily track a deer. If I, if I just pop it with a, 30-06 and it just falls in its place but uh, like what you were saying though is like you're going to go help uh josh this weekend i'm actually going to go with a buddy of mine he bought a, a hundred acre farm i think last year and i'm actually going to go down with him this weekend same thing setting stands clearing trails looking at mo- making mock scrapes stuff like that nice. to start getting some stuff ready for uh his first real big uh season down there where he's put i mean he's put in food plots i mean he has went the whole nine yards into doing stuff down there he he killed a pretty nice um nine point last year on the opening uh weekend of rifle and he's uh also killed he killed a jake this uh this spring um for his first turkey on his farm so okay i'm i'm hopeful for him that you know, we'll be able to find a good spot. And, you know, my guess is that it's just going to take a little bit of adjusting and looking at some stuff and helping him find the right spots with, you know, where wind's going to be blowing from typically where, you know, best direction is from where these deer might be coming in and out of and helping him identify some serious places for him to even put more than one stand. So he's got multiple stands to hunt. Nice. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited, man. This is, this is getting into prime time of the year. And even if, even if I wasn't uh, setting stands, I'd probably be out in the woods uh, this weekend, just going out and about because it's, it's supposed to be a night. It's supposed to be a nice weekend. You know what I was just thinking about too. Uh, You owe me a shooting date, brother. I do. I do owe you a shooting date. You gotta gotta come over and and shoot. (laughs) I do. And I, uh, it w- it would be well worth it because I need to uh, make sure that everything form wise is good. And uh, yeah. I, I actually was looking <clears throat> uh, at my arrows and stuff. I probably need to get another set built too uh, next okay. year, not this year. But how uh, many are you down to? Uh, I'm down to six Just, arrows, six or seven oh, arrows. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. You know, it's funny because I find myself in that position a lot. Yeah. And uh, I was like freaking out the other day, like, how many arrows do I have? And I got uh, old Jason Wilkins ended up sponsoring me from Black Eagle last year. Oh, nice. Yeah. So he sends me what he sent me. He sent me a dozen shafts and components, and then he sent me. Uh, a half a dozen fletched ready to go. Oh, wow. So all I had to do was just cut them and glue the inserts in and we're golden. So I was like, crap, how many, how many arrows do I have? Crap. I should probably look and 
see how many arrows I need for this year. I got 17 arrows left. And the only reason <laughs> I don't have 18 is because when I was bear shaft tuning my bow, yeah, I shot the fletch shaft at 20 yards and split it with uh, the bear shaft. Wow. I was like, I was like, well, that's cool, but damn it. That sucks. <laughs> so, but it was, I mean, it was pretty sweet. Um, so yeah, flush on arrows. Um, you got any, uh, any cool gear you kind of want to make people aware of? Not that it's really pluggy or anything, but um, just cool stuff. I got a couple things I wanted to mention. I'm trying to think if I've got anything really cool. Um, bought a pair of gaiters for my boots because I got tired of having like wet boots coming in and out, uh, and cro- Creek crossings and that kind of stuff. Um, and especially when, you know, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm a, I'm, I, I like having my feet warm in a stand. Like I hate cold feet. It's, it's the worst thing in the world to me or wet feet, especially. Sure. So I, I got a pair of gaiters. Um, I don't even nice. remember what they were. I, they're, they're, uh, but they're just, they're going to be really, really nice to have. Um, I want to get a pair. Yeah. Moving forward. And then I'm trying to think if I had anything else that I've really been, uh, on top of in terms of, uh, hunting stuff, hunting wise, no fishing stuff. I am, uh, going to be full bore using, for surf casting, I bought a baleless, um, real, uh, pen spin fisher five. So it doesn't have a bail on it. So I don't have to worry about my line, like the bail clicking over my line snapping and then watching a you know, $10 bait sail off into the ocean. Sure. So I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm really pumped to be able to try that. And, you know, uh, late in uh, early September, which is, yeah, uh, I'll be flying out in, a, in literally a month. So it's awesome, dude. I, I, You're going to be man, there I'm while so I'm ready. in Nebraska. Yeah. Um, so I think people should check out, uh, full disclosure. This is one of my sponsors, but okay. I would be saying this regardless cause it's really cool. So there's a sort of a newish quiver out. It came out in the middle of deer season last year. Mm-hmm. They just couldn't get it where they wanted it. Or I, I don't know how all that stuff works, but it didn't release until like late October or November or something. Yeah. So that said, it's uh, the Talon Quiver by Conquest Archery. And what I really like about it is um, you can literally put seven arrows in this thing. Wow. Broadheads and then two, um, you know, with just field points, you know, squirrel arrows or if you're out west, uh, you can stick a bludgeon tip on there or something, small game tip, something like that, and have grouse arrows or something. Nice. Um, and it's got a very – it almost reminds me of like a, a woman's hair clip yeah. that makes it connect to the bow. So you squeeze it and open the clip, and then it, it goes onto an attachment that goes on your bow. Really? And then – so it's easy on and off removal. It's got a little um, – like a little cable at the top. So mm-hmm. you can easily hang it on a hanger. And then uh, the other cool part is you can get those little attachments that go on your bow to mount it and yeah. strap them around a tree and just clip it to it like that. That way it's tight and not going to rattle or That's pretty sweet. anything like that. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So um, 
that's that's one of the things that I thought I'd mention. Um, the the Tacticam reveal we talked yeah. about it a little bit earlier. Um, that is a game changer. Um, mm-hmm. I'm learning a lot about deer movement, and I know that these are unpressured velvet deer right now. But I mean, you know, there's there's a lot of stuff they're giving up right now. That yeah. I'm I mean, learning, that, that so. stuff's important. I mean, how, how you watch those deer move when, you know, nobody's watching, um, that, that's, that's invaluable information. Right. So, um, what else have I seen come out here lately? Um, I, I would definitely agree with you on the gator mm-hmm. aspect. Um, that's nothing new, but yeah. I would highly recommend them. Uh, and that's probably, oh, Ooh, I almost forgot. So <laughs> y'all got to check out Nova grade digiscopes. Oh yeah. I forgot about those. Not yeah, forgot about so, them, but I forgot. Like we, we had this whole discussion right. off air yeah. about these things. Right. I'm like, make sure we talk about these <laughs> so people know. And then we're like, maybe we don't know. Um, so this contraption is called a digiscope. It is a phone holder that mm. screws on, locks on to a telescope, microscope, monocular, binocular, spotting scope, you name it. Nice. It will fit it. And you can film vertically or horizontally um, with your cell phone and get footage of animals, people, whatever, really far away. Nice. Um, so it's really cool. And I mean, you think about it, you've already got your cell phone. Yeah. So you just hook your stuff up and you're filming in 4K, you know? Nice. So it, it's really cool. It allows you to kind of get up close and personal without being up close and personal. So uh, they're really nice and they're really well built. Um, there's other companies out there that aren't bad, mm-hmm. but this is sort of a, you buy this and it fits everything. The other companies... You got to buy different, you know, cases, attachments, yeah. whatever, and uh, that can be a hassle and very expensive as well. So, um, Good deal. I look forward to using that thing a lot. Um, I, I think we'll we'll probably get a lot out of those. So uh, check oh, yeah. those out, guys. Good deal. Any well, uh, any concluders there, Yanni? Yeah, I got a couple actually. We're gonna um, get sued for me saying that one day. <laughs> That's okay, Steve. You can sue me. It's cool, bro. As long we'll as you have rights to our show. As long as you have a beer and eat some weird shit with me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so two things. Um, three, really. Um, first being, we are running our contest for the books that we've talked about on here a couple different times. Uh, go to our Facebook page. It's The Elite Outdoors. Um, we know it's different from the fueled by the outdoors name, but you know, go to the elite outdoors. We're running it for another week and a half, probably, um, three great books guys. They they'll start your library. They're awesome. I highly recommend it. All you have to do to enter is subscribe and leave a review of the podcast on whatever you're doing. Take a screenshot of it, post it in the comments. You're good to go and you'll be entered. Second thing is, uh, in, I'm going to steal your thunder on this, Chris, but, because, <laughs> um, uh, well, no, I, I won't steal your thunder. If you forget about it, I'll steal your thunder. But, um, 
Um, harnesses, get them out, make sure they work, make sure your ropes work, make sure all your safety shit works before you start climbing trees this fall. We don't want people getting hurt. You want to make sure your tree stands are secured. Make sure you're taking the proper precautions. Three points of contact on the tree at all times. And uh, uh, third and final thing, at least from my perspective, if you haven't started shooting your bow, you need to be. Make sure your stuff is working. We've talked about consistency. We've talked about getting all this stuff done. And, oh, wait, no, I do got a fourth one, too. Squirrel season starts uh, August 15th, state of Kentucky. It's wide open until November 8th, which is the first weekend of deer rifles. So if you're, if you got the itch to get out in the woods and, you know, kill yourself some squirrels, by all means, guys, you're, you know, I think you're allowed like six a day or something like that. Look at the regs before you quote me on that. Don't say Rick Cates on Fueled by the Outdoors said I'm allowed six, but I'm only allowed four. Um, check your regs always before you, <laughs> before you get out there. So what are you, what are your uh, closing thoughts there, Chris? Well, I'm going to tell Gilkey that you just told everybody that we could all poach squirrels. So. <laughs> um, I did not say poach. <clears throat> well, I was going to tell people to shoot their bows, but you took care of that. No. Um, so I got kind of a, a plug. Um, okay. So I got into editing a couple weeks ago. And when I say I got into editing, I learned Google Drive learned how to upload and download <laughs> things onto cards and screaming from computer. my phone to a computer and to Google drive and from Google drive and all that. And we purchased Adobe premiere pro and somehow God made it okay for me to learn that a little bit. And, nice. Um, I was able to put together uh, a little film about some backcountry brook trout fishing out mm -hmm. in uh, Tennessee. And I felt like for the first time I ever did that, uh, it turned out halfway decent. Um, it's in 4K. Mm -hmm. um, and it's all shot on a cell phone other than yeah, the very end is with a GoPro. Other than that, it was all on a cell phone. And I literally just held the cell phone. I didn't even use a gimbal. I just wanted to that my I wanted to I wanted it to be raw. Yeah. And and then that way I could look at it and say, okay, here's how this looks. Mm -hmm. Now let's upgrade slightly and see how that looks. Exactly. So um, I felt like it went all right. It it was, God, it was so difficult to learn, and I I think. Uh, organization plays a huge role in that and being on top of things as far as like, like from now on, when I take, when I film something, mm -hmm. I am uploading that to wherever I need it to be. It's right going then. to my computer right now, <laughs> right meow boy. So um, if you're listening to this more than likely, you've probably already watched it, but if you haven't, watch it I would again. highly, I would highly, yeah, watch it again, tell your friends, but I would highly encourage you to check it out. Um, you know, leave us a comment in there. Let us know what you think, uh, what you change, you know, whatever. And, um, just check it out. You know, I'm, I'm pretty proud of it being my first one, but, uh, at the end of the day, it was a fun time with my best friend. And, mm -hmm. um, now 
I mean, we have a film to commemorate our first native brook trout. That was the first time he ever fished for natives. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that's kind of cool, kind of special. So for those of you who are wondering where you can find that, you can find it on YouTube. <laughs> it's on <laughs> Idiot. God, I'm worthless. It's, it's on uh it's on our Fueled by the Outdoors YouTube page and it's called Backcountry Backcountry Brook Trout, correct? Yeah, that's what I put. Um so I need to get better about this. This is one of the things I'll change. So um the whole theme was plunge pool plunge pools and dry droppers. Yeah. So I named it plunge pools and dry droppers a smoky mountain trout adventure yeah and then i was like people probably aren't going to search that shit on <laughs> youtube they're going to put like country back country trout back country brook trout so i yeah. you know stuff like that so um i tried to keep it sort of simple and and get it to where people would be able to find it easier but yeah um yeah it's called back country brook trout i believe and uh, you can find it on YouTube on our Fueled by the Outdoors YouTube channel. Um, please like and subscribe. Yes, yes, and, yes. Uh, hit all the bells and likes and all that stuff. And, and uh, guys, we're going to have a lot of these things coming out uh, throughout the fall and into the spring next year because we are going to have um, a lot of footage from a lot of team members. You know, mm-hmm. when you listen to this podcast, it's just me and Chris normally. We have guests on here, but we're going to start featuring some of the guys from our team on here a little bit more here in in the uh, coming weeks. So you guys get to know them and we're going to couple that with, you know, you're going to be seeing guys put some deer on the ground this year and there's going to be footage of it. And you're going to be saying, who's that guy? Who's that guy? You'll be able to put a name with a face or a voice. And, you know, we are just, we're excited to finally get to launch this stuff full bore. We've been doing the, you know, audio version of this. Now we're getting into the visual media of it, which is something that we've been talking about for, I mean, over a year now. And yeah. it's, you know, Chris, I think you did a real good job on it and thank you. You know, it's something to be proud of. You're welcome. So thank you. Um, yeah, I, uh, I will also add just, just to kind of give people an idea. So on our film team, we have guys that can do all kinds of different how to stuff, mm-hmm. but, we also have a gentleman who is a very good hunter slash outfitter, I believe, mm-hmm. in Montana. Yeah. So he guides freaking elk, uh, deer, bear, lion, you name it. Um, we have a guy who is a guide and charter captain in Florida yep. and Alaska. Mm-hmm. And I talked to one of our team members who's local. I ain't going to say any names right. because you got to, you got to protect people. And you know, we're all, we're all just trying to kill our big deer and all that. Yeah. So I'm not going to mention his name, but I can tell you that I talked to a gentleman yesterday that showed me a video of a 190 plus inch deer Woo! last year, last year <laughs> he came in on him as he was getting down. He heard something and he's got his headlamp on climbing down he shines it over there and you just see rack for days Massiveness. and I'm like, Oh my God. You know? And it, <laughs> I, I literally, I looked at the video and then I looked at pictures. I can't, no matter what I do, I can't get the deer out of the nineties. So, um, it might be 200 and that was last year. And he's extremely confident that that deer made it. So nice. Um, we've got a bunch of guys that are, killers and kill 
very large animals. So yep. and get good encounters. I mean, here's the deal: it's great to kill and everything, but I mean, even video of big deer is cool to me. It's, I, just it's having so that cool. encounter and all the things you learn from it, because it doesn't happen all the time. That's what I tell people: like, you don't just get to see big deer all the time in the wild. Nope. Nope. So you got to learn all you can. So anywho, um, I would highly encourage you guys to follow us, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Cause over the course of the next couple of weeks, we're just going to start blasting that thing. So, and you are going to want to follow that anyways, because we've got some trail cam giveaways and, uh, some other stuff that's going to be really, really cool. So, Absolutely. um, yeah. And we need to get our, uh, our, our shooting date going and yeah, we do. uh I, I think you should go fishing with me as well i know i need to do both hopefully so, uh hopefully we can put it together this coming week so yeah all right well all righty well guys this has been fueled by the outdoors we've been your hosts rick cates and chris leppert and thanks for listening and we'll talk at you later bye see you for our podcast today please remember to subscribe like review on all major podcasting platforms we are available on apple google TuneIn, Castbox, spotify and all other major podcasting platforms as always we are available for contact at the elite outdoors one at gmail.com that is the elite outdoors the number one at gmail.com thanks a lot guys talk to you next time Thank you.